Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Hi there. Welcome to New Life Live. Glad you're with us here today. And joining me, Dr. Alice Benton and Mark Cameron. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Steve. Hey, Alice. Mm -hmm. How are you, Steve? Doing all right. Now, I want to talk to you about the... The most prevalent under the thing surface emotion people have, and it's not pleasant to have it. It's anger, and uh, you know people will admit, you know, okay, I feel guilty, shame, whatever, and and then they think, well, maybe you know, uh, I have a little irritation here or there, but they're full of rage, and then it comes out, and people get hurt. So, what is really? this thing that could help anger the most is it managing anger people go to anger management classes are we are we supposed to manage anger or how do you how do you think is the best to get rid of the source of the anger what do you think i think it it takes an understanding and an acceptance that it is a god-given emotion and there's meaning to it and there should be purpose to it anger energizes us to protect to confront to bring up difficult truth and to draw lines in the sand and anger gets a bad rap as if it's always a bad thing but it but it isn't especially when we use it appropriately without sinning in our anger which is very difficult to do but choosing to express our anger to put it into words to be aware of it and to admit what we're feeling and then to look for what is the purpose what is god nudging me to do or what's the problem within me my environment or my relationships that needs to be addressed and the energy for anger should be used for that purpose but when we don't take those steps with our anger it either tends to leak out in ways that are out of our control or it explodes out eventually after having accumulated over time when we don't make use of it and talk about what we're feeling on the inside Okay. Mark, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, and, and I love what you're saying there, Alice. And, and anger is often a secondary emotion for us, meaning that we, we're feeling something first before we're feeling the anger, right? And and typically there's there's a hurt, there's a sad, or there's a fear underneath. And if, if we can get to um, uh, identifying and understanding what that that primary emotion is and learn how to express that, oftentimes our anger can reduce and others know then what we need without, um, you know, uh, feeling like they need to stay away from us mm-hmm. because we're, we're um, out of control. Okay, so somebody's listening. Last night, for the first time, let's say, they became so angry, they shoved the person they love. Let's say husband, mm-hmm. wife. husband shoves his wife against the wall, couldn't believe that he did it. So what is the best thing that man could do so that that never, ever, ever happens again. 
Well, it takes a lot of humility to be able to admit my anger got out of my control to the point that I put hands on to my spouse. And so recognizing that that's a level of anger that needs a professional intervention, most likely, even if it's a mm-hmm. few sessions with a therapist to start, with one of our counselors or coaches yeah. to start. But in order to show the, the wife that the husband is taking it that seriously, that he's going to get outside help in order to protect her, to protect him, and to figure out what were those layers that that led to that point of explosive anger. It came from a reason underneath, but yeah. it's not acceptable, not justifiable. Yeah, ang- anger, like you said, Alice, is about protection, right? If, if I go home, someone's tied up my wife and kids, I need to get angry to get into hero mode, right? But it, it's when we use anger to hurt others, it's not adaptive, right? Anger's meant to protect. And, and when, we're, when we're hurting others, pushing, shoving, right? We're not using it in the way that it's designed. Yeah. All right. That is the phone number here. And we'll talk to you about that and other things when we come back from this break. I hope you're having a great day. A gift of any amount, I'm going to send you Henry Cloud's book, Trust. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Hi, this is Val Carolyn with Faith Talk Atlanta, which is a proud broadcast partner of New Life Live. I want to congratulate Steve Arterburn and his terrific team for celebrating 35 years of ministry. New Life Live is such an important voice in our community, as every day this program lifts up and helps so many individuals, our neighbors, our co-workers, our fellow church members, and so many who are in need of support in these times when the path can appear to be so unclear. Thank you for your partnership and for your commitment to serve in God's name. And again, congratulations on an important and impactful 35 years. Well, thank you. What a great station that is. And, you know, we're sure fortunate that people have come alongside us and partnered with us and supported us so we could be here 35 years later. And we never, ever take it for granted. So thank you to everybody that's helped us be here. And thanks to all these radio stations that broadcast this program. You know, you can not only hear us on radio, but we do have a YouTube channel, the New Life Live YouTube channel. We're on the NRB uh, network, a couple other cable networks you can watch. So please do. And uh, just know that we are thankful to get to be able to do this. You know, one thing I want to mention before we leave the topic of anger is that it's so easy for someone to think that maybe it'll get better if I just uh, give him more time or her more time. Uh, Maybe I need to just take this and hope for the best. Uh, When in reality, if you're living with an angry person and they become physical, you don't really know where that's going to go. You don't know how that might manifest itself next time. And you you really need some help. You need to talk to somebody about what to do rather than shame, you know, kind of keeps us silent. But this isn't something to keep to yourself when you have an angry person who's escalated to the point of now they're shoving and and hitting and and things like that. Don't just wish that it's going to get better. Do the things necessary for it to get better. So if somebody 
was shoved, not like hit, but shoved against the wall. Do you call authorities? How do you help someone figure out what is the proper response to being physically hurt by another person at home? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Steve. I think it depends on the level of damage that's done. I think if if you've hurt someone to the point where they need to seek medical help, then I think others need to be alerted to that. Um, If maybe you've thrown something and you've broken something and it's just seemed scary, I think it really comes down to what's the accountability that the person's showing. Um, and you, you talked about shame keeps us silent. And, and I really do think that shame stops us from seeking help and, and denying and, and, oh, I'm sorry, I'll just do better again. No, so, you know, we need help when we get to that point. We need help with, with others around us, others knowing, right? We, we need maybe that sponsor or someone to reach out to, both people, the, the, the person who's in anger and the person who feels unsafe. Both need an outlet. Both need someone to to help um and so and, and and i think you know for the person who is maybe the victim here and someone's not respecting words you know when someone doesn't respect your words they can still respect your boundaries and so you you need to take action too to draw a line to say this is a this is as far as we're going to go here and you know if this continues you know we need help yeah. I think when things have gotten physical, we should err on the side of over-response rather than under-response so that we stop it in its tracks because physical yeah. aggression doesn't tend to be a one-off situation. It tends to become a pattern. And then particularly if minor children are in the home or exposed to what happened, they saw what happened, I want an over-response rather than mm-hmm. an under-response to it. Yep. And uh, so often, you know, the anger is there, triggered by something that has happened to you and it kind of takes you back to a day when you were very small and something maybe similar or had some other kind of impact and and you just you get out of control well not everybody's out of control (laughs) not everybody has some deep deep wound that causes them to be angry what a horrible way to live with this anger that is controlling you there is help and uh, thinking that you're just going to figure it out by yourself well you've already proved that it won't happen and so if there if anger is the problem for you or somebody in your family 1-800-NEW-LIFE we will help you get through that you know i I was just thinking emotional freedom workbook is a great place to work through that and then also we'll we have an emotional freedom workshop we do for people that are angry. Those will be coming up soon. Well, let's go to Eleanor, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. WBYN is the station. Eleanor, welcome to New Life Live. You're on, and uh, we're glad that you're here. Mark Cameron, Dr. Alice Benton, and you and me. How you doing? Okay. What's going on with you? What are you thinking about today? What's, what's um, well, on your mind? Anger is a good word to focus on because I think um, my daughter has anger issues and uh, it seems that they are directed at me. Okay. How old is uh, she? How old is your daughter? Well, that's the thing. I put up with this a long time. Uh, She's 65. Hmm. And, you know, know, that makes me (laughs) a lot older. Yeah, okay. (laughs) 
and uh, and I put up with it for for since she was ten. She had a little bit of counseling. I don't know whatever happened to the counselor. I uh, never had any any uh, any idea of what transacted during their counseling and how much it was. It so long ago, I can't even remember. But uh, the the effect has come out over the years, and I seem to be the one who gets the anger. And uh, and and sometimes it seems that it's, it might be started something that's frustrating her. You know, it could be a project she's working on, or uh, it, it. But in most cases, it seems that it's something that she thinks that I want, and she's going to do something not against against that desire. Okay. Whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it, it could be something I've made, and she doesn't want it. And, um, and you know, just lots of the different kinds of things. Visiting. Um, I thought that she was going to come and visit me a couple of days ago. And uh, she didn't, we didn't confirm. She just said that she was going to plan to do that. But we didn't set up that exact that time of the day. And I said, you know, give me a call. Let me know what works out best for you. Well, she never called. Well, I called her, and there was no answer. So I you think all... Oh, oh, sorry. You found out what? Well, I found out when I found out why, where she was. She'd gone out, but she didn't think about me. She, but she had her daughter and son-in-law and their baby, and they went out to a to a uh, Halloween special event that was going on at some. Oh, I don't know what what the name of it is, but it's it's a, a commercial establishment for children. And- and, and you it, felt you know, left with, out with rides and things like that. Yeah. There were lots of fun to do, and I would have liked to go on that. Sure, I would have. Yeah. She never asked me. And you think that this is uh, all because she's never resolved whatever it is that she's angry about with you? Is that right? I think so. I she said, yeah. well, and she's she's basically given up God. I've tried uh-huh. to talk to her about okay. God in in different ways, and it's not happening. And so. she she's given up church. So, and, what is uh, the question for us? Should I say anything more to her, or just don't bother? Mm-hmm. Great question. Should I say something about this last event that I would have liked to have gone to? And and she mentioned it, so she must have had me in mind. She didn't mention this event, but she was talking about coming up to my house. Right. Okay. And, let's and ask. Thought, uh, let, yeah. Well, let's ask Mark to help you with this because, um, yeah, you, you you at least want to. Uh, well, she needs to live up to her word. I mean, she said she was coming. She didn't. She didn't tell you that she wasn't. Mark, what are you thinking here? Um, yeah. So, what what boundaries have you put in place so far, Eleanor? What, what what's been your conversation with your daughter around these things? I don't think we've had any. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that's where you want to start. I I think I you know you want to start with creating space to have an intentional conversation with um, her. And then expressing to her um, what it is that you're feeling inside, you know, when she lets you down or when she's angry with you or when, you know, um, you know she doesn't respect your words and, and respect your boundaries, right? And then I think followed up with that, with that expression of, of how you're feeling, then, you know, we've been talking about laying a boundary. Then you may say, um, you know, if this happens again, this is this is what my response is going to be. But you know, uh, I I did something like that. Mm-hmm. I did something like that w- uh, during a uh, dinner 
uh, she was having at her house. And the house is very small. Mm-hmm. And my house is larger. And and I said, I you know, this is a holiday. And I said, why can't, why can't you all come to my house for the holiday? Because it's larger. There's more space for everybody. Well, she didn't want to do that. So we ate at her house. And the problem was is that it was so crowded that, you know, just getting up from the table was difficult. Well, Eleanor, Eleanor, I'm just curious. Do you have a set of friends that you're close to? Are you involved in any group that wants to hear how people are doing in their week? Is there anything like that in your life? No. No. Okay. Because see, here's here's we're you know here we are we're a radio program, and you're telling us these things, and we want to hear them. But it sounded like to me, you don't have other people to talk these things through with. That's and true. I, I tried just a little bit of that, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> okay, so so separate and apart from your daughter, and I don't know that your daughter is ever going to be different. But what I'd like uh, Mark and Alice to address is you and how to develop a life that's so meaningful and full, separate and apart from a daughter that's angry and disappoints you. Because that's got to be miserable. I'm a widow now. That's part of the problem. Yeah. I I used to have a husband that I could speak and and, uh, share with. Sure. And how long ago did he die? About four years. Four years. Well, yeah. So it's time. You, you guys have any thoughts on what she could do to build and be in community? Yeah, I, th- I think the the one thing that I'd add to what I already said to you before, Eleanor, is that I would also create space for your daughter to be able to then give you feedback too because – you know, we all end up having blind spots in our lives, and, and sometimes we don't know that in, until we do ask for feedback. So let it be a conversation that you have with her that you don't that you not only express what's happening inside you, but you also give space to hear what's happening inside of her. Uh, um, yeah, because that, that's, that has not happened. Mm-hmm. And Eleanor, you said this stretches back till she was 10 years old. Do you have some guesses about what has happened between the two of you that has led to chronic anger on her side? No, uh, it, it's, it's been rather consistent the way... She's reacted to things. So when we don't know and there's nothing obvious to point to, it can help if we parents are willing to get real humble about just some of our imperfections that all of us parents have. I drive my kids crazy, Eleanor, when I promise them something fun that we're going to do together and I don't follow through. It sticks with them. And my kids, they take it to heart. And they can even start to believe, Mom, I don't think you care about me because you said we were going to do this fun thing and we still haven't and weeks have passed. So that's one of my imperfections, Eleanor, that I, I hurt my kids kids over and over again when I do that. And if we parents are willing to go to our children to say, here are a couple of my imperfections I know about, and and I want to hear how they have impacted you. And maybe I have another imperfection I'm not even aware of, and I'm going to give you permission. If you can tell me respectfully, we can both stay calm about it. I want to be able to hear from you. Go ahead. I I want to tell you that uh, the closest thing to that was something that I've thought about a lot, but I don't think she has, or maybe she has, we haven't talked about it. it and that is she causing her, her sister to drown. Oh, All right, I want to talk about that after this. You hear the music, and 
There's a tragedy. I Boy, that's... Um, well, I want to talk about that's it. That's the reason why I haven't talked about it. All right. You're listening to New Life Live, and uh, we'll come back and visit with Eleanor right after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Well, we're back. We're talking with Eleanor. Eleanor, before the break, you said that your daughter caused her sister to drown. What is that? Well, they were they were uh, swimming. And uh, I had told them when... I, I didn't want them to go to the beach, actually. And her uh, father had wanted me to stay at the house and fix up a couple things. And I said, well, I could only spend a very short time. I can't do that. I have to be with the girls. And uh, he kept working and working and working. And, and I said, are you ready? Are you ready? No, not yet. No, by the time that he was ready, it was too late. Somebody had come to the door and said, hurry, come down to the beach because your daughter had drowned. It might have drowned or something like that, said they said. So I raced out of there, dropped everything, and went to the beach. Well, it was so happened that the reason why they weren't supposed to be in the water in the first place, I had told them when I took them down there to the beach, I stay on the beach. And uh, they didn't do it. And so when uh, when the, the older one was in the water, she had them. She had had the two of them uh, doing follow the leader, and they were out near the line at the beach. It's a pond, and they were at the line where you don't go under or over past that line, and it's a rope. Well, they were out there, and her sister tripped her. I guess she tripped. She went down. When she came up, she was on the other side of the rope. They couldn't find her. Oh. And when uh, her sister went over to the lifeguard and told them that she couldn't find her sister, they didn't. They said, well, "Did you check the store? Did you check the snack shop? And you know, did you get it?" And she said, "Yeah, but uh, that she's not there." <coughs> and so she went into the into the business and uh, and uh, and told them that her sister was missing. And uh, somebody came out, and uh, they they finally found her under the under the water on the other side of the rope. And uh, and they gave her CPR right away, but it didn't work. Oh. And uh, and you know it was just just the end. And uh, I went with her down to the hospital, and uh, her sister, uh, live her live sister, uh, went to be with a neighbor. And uh, they were with the neighbor the whole time. She, um, her sister was at the hospital, and, and I was too. And then, uh, and when we came back, you know, everybody was hoping that she was revived, but she wasn't. Hmm. And you know, what the strangest a tragedy. thing. Hmm. Yeah, but the strangest thing about all this is that uh, I, I accepted it quite well. And I'll tell you why. It's because I had too many symptoms that something was going to happen. Uh, I had a, I had a, I, I just think it was part of God's plan. I mean, it sounds kind of odd, but as queer, but I, I felt that it was part of God's plan. And, and uh, I had, I don't usually go out to the store and buy 
close for the for the girls, like you know, spontaneously. And in this case, I did. The little store nearby had a, a children's shop was having a sale. And I said, "Oh, I never, even, I've been never even going in there. I, I, they charge too much." So I thought, "Well, I'll go over there and see what they have, and see if I can get something for the for the younger one." Eleanor, how old was your daughter when yeah, this how happened? How old were these girls? What? How old were the girls? Eight and ten. Wow. Eight and ten. Yeah. And, and and you think your ten year old has held it against herself that it's her fault her sister drowned? And and I'm curious if anyone else I in the think, family, I think, although I think it, Eleanor, although you mm-hmm. were able to accept it, do you think anyone else in the family also blamed her, held it against her? I don't think so. I did not, not that I know of. Well, did you say before the break that she caused her little sister to drown, or did you say she felt like she caused her sister to drown? I think she felt felt like it because... Do you think that she caused her to drown? Well, <laughs> there wasn't much option. What other... She, yes, in a way she did, because she was bossy, and, and uh, she was always telling her what to do and not do. And uh, and she wasn't supposed to get off the port, the beach, in the first place. And but, uh, but she and was so ten. What? She was, but she was ten. You she know, was ten. That's right. Ten, ten, ten year olds can't really. I mean, they have a hard time following directions. They can't see the consequence. And well, I, I suspect a- that all of her life she has lived with mm-hmm. this and feeling that. She probably has. I don't know. Uh, but I know that, that she won't go to church. She stopped going to church a long but, time ago. But I, if I looked at this, I could make a case that uh, it was your husband not listening to you that was the cause. Or I could say you not demanding to go to the beach and look over these girls was the cause. And there are a lot of things that could no. be identified as how this happened or, or why an eight-year-old drowned. I'm sorry, I, mi- I missed you. The phone was disconnected. I didn't hear the first part of what you said. I so was I'm saying sorry. that you could make a case, I mean, you could make a case a 10-year-old caused her eight-year-old sister to drown, or you could make the case that you listening to your husband and not going down there, or you could make yep. the case the husband not listening yep, to right. you caused it. That's right. And yet my sense is that your daughter has all of her life had to live with the the burden that she caused her to drown and probably didn't have a path of healing and and now it's really really uh, disrupting everything but it's probably disrupted everything for her throughout her life. We'll talk a little bit more right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. We're back, and um, Mark, give it a final comment here. Yeah, for I think, Eleanor, and I don't know, now that you, sh- you shared this, this kind of sheds a lot more light on the dynamic between you and your daughter. This, this thing happened 55 years ago, and, and as Steve is mentioning here, this is a tragedy. I, I don't think we, we're wanting to put blame when Steve's talking about this on, on any one person. It, it's a, a tragedy is just a series of unfortunate events that happen, and, and, and everybody hurts from it. Um, but, yeah, 55 years ago, we didn't have the resources that we did now. Or, or that we do now, and 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 I think your daughter's probably carried this for a long time, and and there's a big barrier there in in the relationship between you and her, and uh, it's going to take a lot of bravery. But I do think uh, um, I think healing is going to come when she feels like she's released from this, and and I think that's probably going to come from hearing that from you, from you letting her know that she's not responsible. Uh, for the death of her sister, uh, um, because I, it, she may not be able to forgive herself until she feels like you forgive her. And Eleanor, I just wish, sweetheart, I could pull you into my arms and let you be angry with me, cry with me, because I think you still have unshed tears for this mm-hmm. horrific loss of your daughter. And and I don't know if you can tell your 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 live daughter that it's not her fault, because I think a part of you thinks it is her fault. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gently give you some feedback. There's an edge in your voice when you talk about your daughter. And she's been an imperfect daughter. And she still hurts you uh, regularly, it sounds like. So you have mm-hmm. reason for it. But, oh, sister, I think that is a, an ancient, decades-long hurt that you hold it against her. That you do think it's partially her fault that your other daughter died. And so before you address this with your, your daughter who's alive, I think you've got some some counseling work to do to be able to at least spread the responsibility to the to all the people involved, to, to God even, who allowed this to happen, allowed your child to be taken from you at such a young age. Because until you do that work on yourself... I think when you speak with your adult daughter, there is there is blame and there's an edge in your voice to her. And I understand it. I don't blame you for having that. But you can do some work to alleviate that within you so that you and your daughter and your family can find some freedom. I mean, there is an opportunity to free your 65-year-old daughter from something that mm. she's lived with all her life. And that is simply to say... I have been thinking so deeply about this and I have put this on you and when I really started to think the other day talking to some people about it you know I could have been at the beach preventing you from going in your father could have listened to me and we could have gone to the beach earlier I've I've never fully looked at all the different aspects here the people could have responded faster the lifeguard could have jumped in the water and gone out there instantly and yet I put it on you and I just want to ask your forgiveness and hope that you can and it could be a great day of of healing for her and I think it could be a great day of healing for you too and um, I'm just really sorry for what all of you had to go through 
And Eleanor, a conversation like that might be so intimidating and even terrifying to consider having, and you don't have to do it alone. We can help. We can partner with you with a good counselor who can prepare you to have that conversation, even have it perhaps in a family session, inviting your daughter in so that you're supported in in facing such a tough conversation. Yeah. All right. I'm going to send you um, Healing is a Choice. I hope that there's something there that could really help you there and uh, I just hope and pray that you might go through a healing process that's very different than what it would have been years ago and that in the end you have a a different freeing relationship with your 65 year old daughter maybe she would respond to it I don't know but I sure hope so I'll ask people to pray for you and pray for your daughter that there could be healing and restoration there Larry's in the studio, and uh, Larry, what do you have for us here today on New Life Live? Steve, you know we talk a lot about our workshops and the difference it makes in people's lives, but this radio program does that as well. And I hope so. Boy, I'm telling you, it's a, this, is a, this is a pretty special testimony someone wrote. She said, all of you at New Life have seen me through, instructed me through, coached, encouraged, counseled, led loved me through nightmarish experiences I would never have dreamt Christians were dealt with in this life. Even more than the daily doses of practical solutions delivered in gentle, loving, respectful grace from your radio program, the resources you create and provide have helped to not only save this life, but more than a saved life, I can see how much evidence is rippling out. Today, as the direct result of every one of you answering the call to take up the mission, I live a free woman. I'm in love for the very first time with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it gets any better than that. No, it doesn't. I mean, Jesus is the reason we do everything we do here at New Life. And uh, it takes roundabout ways for people to experience that. But she did. And she's in love with him. And it's going to be a different life for her. Like you say, it's not automatic character, but she is uh, on that road. And it's thanks to what you guys here at this table are talking about day in and day out with our callers. So I just want to thank folks who support this. because Me this, too. <laughs> this, yeah, this is, this is your ministry, ladies and gentlemen. This is It's new life, but it's your ministry because you donate. If we don't have donations, we don't do what we do. And it, you're doing it. It helps us, but it's a gentle reminder, if not uh, an out-and-out plea sometimes, just to say thank you and please continue to give. You can join Club New Life. You can make a one-time gift. You can donate stock. There's all kinds of ways you can give to New Life. And we just pray that you would consider doing that and do it off. Do it often. <laughs> well, the other thing that um, is so wonderful that I get to experience hearing stories. Uh, I just talked to a woman uh, from Brazil, and because of the internet, you can hear us anywhere. And she talked about the impact that the radio program had on her life, what it did, how she got involved in some healing processes with other people and now she is just trying to help anybody she can possibly help and and so you just never ever know the impact that one radio program is going to have on one person 
anywhere in the world. And so thank you for helping us do this thing. I mean, 35 years we've been doing this, and we're still doing it, and getting to hear of the impact that New Life has had on the lives of others. And we know where all that comes from. And that's that's just the grace of God using us. And we're so thankful that God does. I was uh, talking to a couple of other believers, and I was saying this. Anybody thinking that, like women of faith and, and five million women coming to that, was a result of God choosing a man who understood women and had his act together, uh, that that's why I got to be part of that, would be, well, if you knew me, you'd know that isn't true. And a lot of people think, well, you got to be something special to do something special. God uses broken people to do things that they never dreamed that they could do when they just let God do through them what God wants to do. And I think about folks that that God could use to do amazing things right there. And, and when I say amazing, it just might be one life that is different because you finally decided to get out of yourself and get into other folks, do something, serve, minister. And maybe you haven't because you haven't felt worthy. God's not looking for worthy people. He's looking for willing people to do whatever they can do to change the world. And when you do, the fulfillment is just so astronomically and exponentially amazing to being there feeling unworthy. So I just hope and pray, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, God couldn't use me, or I'm not living up to some standard that I need to have for God to use me, that you might hear my voice. God wants to use you. Whatever is preventing you from being used by God, talk to somebody. Get involved with the group. Call us, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Let us get that out of the way because your brokenness could be the thing that links you with another broken person. And when you start to help somebody else, I mean, that's the completion of the transformation process where you're comforting others with the comfort God gave you. We're still doing this, encouraging people to get beyond themselves, to not see themselves as as limited. And we've been doing it 35 years, and we do it because you support us. Please continue, and if you never have, 1-800-NEW-LIFE is the number. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. We're back. Steve Arderburn here. And a gift of any amount, we send you Dr. Henry Cloud's book, Trust. It is a good one. How to know when to trust somebody, when not, uh, how to earn it back, all sorts of things. And, of course, uh, when we started New Life, when we began the radio program, it was John, Henry, and me. We were the boys. I want to play you an old, maybe you're, you're not familiar with how things were back then with John and Henry. Here is a, uh, here's a classic phone call we have on file. Let's play that, Terry. Deborah, what's going on in your life today? Oh, hi, Steve. Thank you so much. Sure, for, you're our final my... caller. Yeah, what's going oh, on? That's awesome. Uh, this is the question. Is my fiancé of six months, is it an act of deception on his part that he has been intermittently contacting 
his ex-girlfriend, or is it just his ability to compartmentalize? <laughs> and, Let's get and a which would be the good answer? Mm. <laughs> well, I don't want the good answer. I would like to just give you. I want the real answer. No, 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 no. But uh, but I'm saying, our, I don't think either one of those would be good. No. Right. Mm-mm. Right. Right. And and apparently, if he's able to be in contact with his ex girlfriend in ins- any sort of funny way, that I mean, that would have to be ability to compartmentalize. Right? Okay. Because yeah. he's not bringing you into it. No. In fact, um, I accidentally asked the question during a different kind of discussion uh, we were having, and I just said, are you in contact with her or she with you? And he said, yes. And I said, does she know we're engaged? And he said, no. And I said, does she know I exist? And he said, no. Okay. Wow. Now, what is your question for us? Because we have some for you. Yeah. And it won't be move the wedding date closer. <laughs> yeah. What's the question for us? The, que- the exact question is, is he deceiving me? Has he been deceiving me? Okay. Pa- he's passively yeah. deceptive. Yeah. He's yeah. passively deceptive. <clears throat> yeah. Now, now, it is a good sign if there's a good sign in this. I mean, he did, he did admit it to you when you asked him. Yes. But, but so that's not quite as bad as the one that would have lied further. The one that lied further been worse, and the fact that... But, the, I mean, the problem, is, as you know, is that if you had not asked, you would not know this. And so that's a, we say that's a bad thing. So mm-hmm. is that, was that your only question? Um, yes, and what can I do from here? Well, I would certainly, certainly, certainly see this as a big, 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 big time to have a discussion and 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 say do you, do you have a wedding date not an exact one it was uh, supposed to be in september but um i feel as if because i wasn't given this information right. early in the relationship yeah and i had asked if he was over her and he said initially within the first couple months he said um mostly and i backed off right mostly yeah so mostly, and then I backed off, and um, I revisited again about four. You backed months. off what, of backed asking off, her, or I, backed off the relationship. I I was um, less involved with calling, less involved with you know calling him. I, I let him move forward to some degree. Yeah, and how long have you guys been together? Two and a half years. Two and a half years, and she is from two and a half years ago. She is from two thousand, and mm. he had remained in contact with her. During, during even her subsequent marriage. Okay, no. Okay, and so she is he saying, but, it's, but it's no big deal. I want to go forward with you. I don't care about her. Or is he saying? No, he what? is saying exactly that. It's no big deal. I don't know what the big deal is. It didn't. She didn't ask, and I didn't say. You didn't ask, and I didn't say. Okay, so has he said to you that if you ever see me? contacting her, talking with her, having any kind of relationship with her, that you would be entitled to walk away and never come back. Has he said that to you? Has he given you that assurance? Not in the least. Okay, so why aren't you saying that to him? Okay, great. I believe you, but I want to know if you plan on having any further contact, and if you do, what what do you think that says about us? 
Okay, I will definitely ask him that. And I would also say, and and I don't know if um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we're unengaged or not, but I'm not even talking about a wedding date. Yeah. Not, not even, even talk. Not even talking about a wedding. No, date. no way. No. Are you kidding? Why would You're you do that? Okay. Well, I just, I just want to get it from the horses. No, I'm little. I'm a little curious though. Why would that not be in your head? What? Oh, it, it is, it is. I want to be. You know, my first one of my questions to him was, how did I make it unsafe that you couldn't just mention this to me all along? I wanted to know good. what what I was doing. That's great. It's a good question. But at the same time that doesn't doesn't negate that he wasn't no matter how unsafe you would have made it. You know, there's two of you here. Right. Did he answer that in any kind of helpful way? I asked him twice in in a long conversation at two different times because I want to know where I'm broken too. And it he didn't he wasn't either aware that somehow I make him feel unsafe, that he can't be, you know, totally disclosive and honest with me, or I mean, my concern is that there's a, a character issue here. Well, th- that would be a concern. You know, I, I just think it, it has to be at least a concern. And I think you want to just really get into this and talk about it. And, and do, do you have other questions about his straightforwardness or deceptiveness or anything? You know... Um, I really don't, but I will say this. There's been a kind of a habit that he has recently told me about why it's so reasonable to not disclose this. And the habit is? The habit is his first wife for many, many years ago. He stayed in contact with her for like 10 years. Okay, hold on. We are, we're out of time. Uh, you, you know what to do. You know, yeah, go, go, go to our book, Boundaries in Dating. I'll and, send it and to And there's her. a chapter in there, what you can live with and what you can't. And one of them is deception. And really study that and talk to him yeah. about this issue. I'll yeah. get it out to you. And, uh, you guys need some premarital counseling fast. Yeah. Listen, don't ever do anything out of desperation. A desperate woman has more, uh, gives more of her life to the man than to God. If you believe God loves you and is in your life, you don't have to do anything desperate. I've got friends that put it off and say it's the best thing they ever did. They got yeah. married later when the yeah. issues were, but but they they made some people mad and the printers got bugged. But and the caterers, oh, I'm telling you, you know, I'm <laughs> telling. They go, they look back ten years later and say, it's "So glad." We we have all these people calling in saying, "I just wish I had married sooner." Hey, I will. No. I will tell my daughters. You know, if there's any doubt in oh. your mind, when you are walking down the aisle. Mm. You know, turn around. We can put this and, thing and, off. No, and you know what? And Who we'll go on. We'll cameras. have the best party. We'll have bologna we'll sandwiches have a, at the at, at the party you feel yeah, good about. You bet. Absolutely. And, you know, and since you guys have daughters, you know, and you bring the shotgun to the wedding and right. everything, and it'll be great. It'll be Stick a knife right. in his ribs and tell him if he has any doubt, don't you walk down that aisle, buddy. I just want to do an arranged marriage with, you know, my daughters and your, your two sons <laughs> so, so I can just not have to worry about it. Right. All right. Well, there's John and Henry. All right. Hey, I love the fact that people call and ask about dating and engagement because, you know, you have the whole world. You're free. You can make good choices and not have to pay a huge, huge price of getting into a relationship that's unhealthy, watching it play out even worse than when you were dating, and then going through that whole either healing or the divorce process. So 
you need help with dating, we want to help you. We, we've got resources for dating that help you not make crummy choices. Help us if you can, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. If you need help, we want to help you. Thank you, Mark and Alice. God bless all of you. See you next time right here on New Life Live. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.